you the real MVP. Blocked by James. I'm Michael Jordan. Stop it. Get some help. He's on fire. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Hello and welcome to Two Guys, One Hoop. My name is Brian Stevens. Big B-Dog. Don't be modest, it's Big B-Dog. The Big (laughs) (laughs) B-Dog. I'm the number one stunner, Mr. Jared Studebaker. Studebaker. I wish you drove a Studebaker, like the old style car. That would be too. awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. As long as it had AC. But... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't you, think they do. No, I don't think so either. Um, man, can you imagine like back in the day they didn't have AC? How bad would that suck? I, I, I mean, I hear from it from my parents or whatever. Back in the day, we didn't have central <laughs> air. Back in my day. <laughs> back in my day. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you. I think, uh, like, m- growing up, my house actually didn't have AC, but my parents bought me a window unit, so I was kind of spoiled in that respect. But they would always come to my bedroom and hang out because it was so hot in the rest of the house. I'm like, why That's don't fun. you guys just get central air? Like, <laughs> You're like, get the hell out of here. Get get another window unit, man. Right. Oh, get, get one for your bedroom, right? Uh, <laughs> and then they would always so be... So you slept in the same bed with your parents? Yeah. It was actually like... Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. We all like it was. I had a huge dog. <laughs> my two parents, me, and uh, if I had friends over, you know, we'd all just sleep in the same bed. You ever wonder about that? I know we're way off the rails right here, but think about the Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Like, why did his grandparents? I know that was like poor. They were really poor, but they shared a bed with another old couple. There was four old people sleeping in a I'd bed. Hate, I'd hate to tell you why I think they were all sleeping in the same bed. That's uh. <laughs> That's more like Willy Wonka and the Pound It Factory. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Oh God. Uh, okay. All right. Let's. Uh, Sorry. No. <laughs> podcast over. I ruined it. We're canceled. Let's. Uh, let's get to the podcast here. All right. So last night was the draft. We have a big episode here for you. We're going to talk uh, the draft. Obviously, I think at the end of this podcast. First, we're going to talk some emails. We got uh, three emails to read. A couple pertain to the draft. Others pertain to trades um and then we're going to talk about the big trades from last night one obviously sticks out above the rest uh but also i think uh, maybe the lack of trades that went down and where that uh team set with that um all right You're so talking about the ricky rubio trade right yeah that was the one the, that stood out the game right? changer you should say <laughs> the league has switched it's flipped the Cavs are now the favorites um, everyone's going to the east man yeah <laughs> Everyone's going to the east. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, you do not forget that you can email this podcast at two guys one hoop. That's two guys one hoop at gmail dot com. So we have three emails. Um, these kind of came uh, in a little bit later before the draft, and uh, so I might make some caveats on a couple of them. But the first one that I, I, I really wanted to to ask. Or read because the owner or the emailer asked, um, and I, I want to caveat this before I read it. Sorry, I, I'm, I know I'm dragging my feet on reading this email, but I I think that um, this is a question that a lot of people were asking before the draft, and I don't think um, it necessarily got answered in the draft. But the question is, is there two 
players from this draft that could potentially be Hall of Famers. And I'm not talking about <laughs> I'm not talking about Ben Wallace Hall of Famers. I'm talking about elite level players who can actually make a difference on their team. Um, obviously, that's we don't. Tough. Yeah, that's yeah, tough. That's so tough. Um, my initial reaction from knowing what I know about these players and the and I, I get what they're saying here. Like people are saying, like, "Oh, this draft is like one of the best drafts uh, since the Zion draft and the last couple drafts, like whatever." Um, but I think that in terms of like people saying that, it's just that this draft was really deep with good players, and I don't they're not great players exactly. Yeah. I don't see I don't see any of these players being like franchise changing if that makes sense. Like I think that there could be one or two, but I don't think think we have this isn't like like this isn't Zion, this isn't LeBron, Anthony Davis. This isn't like, "Oh, you get this player, your franchise is changed forever," right? So I don't know. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh yeah, I mean, I don't really know uh many of the players coming out of the draft uh their assets and everything but i from everything i've heard and everything i've researched and everything i've watched um honestly i think there's just a lot of good players in the draft and there's not necessarily one that stands far and far and beyond the other players uh kate cunningham obviously went first overall was probably looked at as the best player in the draft but I mean, I watched some of his highlights and, and his stats and everything, and I think he's just going to be – I mean, I think he's ready to play in the NBA. He's a big a big point guard, can handle the rock. Um, but I, you, you can't really tell until they're out there and they're playing with the big boys. So they, they can do what they want in G League um, or college basketball, but once they you know play in the NBA, it's a whole different, whole different ball game. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really see anybody personally, but, I mean, my opinion really doesn't – I don't know enough to to really make that decision or not, but I would probably say no. I agree. I agree with you. No, I, I, I. It's it's hard. Like any, the drafts are hard. Period. Um, and it, it's easy to pat yourself on the back when you're like, oh yeah, Zion's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like, of course, ninety percent of people who watch basketball think that. What's harder is looking at a draft and saying um, Damian Lillard's going to be a Hall of Famer, right? Like that's that's if you or if Giannis you, or Jan, yeah, oh, yeah, that's even next or, level. Or right? Joker. Or Joker. Yeah, like that's next level, right? And it's hard to predict the Joker and the Giannis and uh, the, the Lillards. Like, you know, I mean, well, well, I will say this with uh, like THT and the Lakers, obviously I'm not saying he's going to be a hall of famer, but they got him in the second, they got him in the second round. And I'm pretty sure they, they either bought the, I think they bought the pick to get him. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that yeah. how they got the yes. pick? Yeah. So, I mean, they had to have a hunch that he was going to be good in the NBA. So that, that takes good scouting and it, it takes something. I don't know if LeBron handpicked them or they have scouters that are out there and, they they know what to look for, but I mean that was a high value pick. Yeah, no, you're right, and the, and there are like I, there are team like listen, there's teams that have had super success. That 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 is one thing with Denver. They've always had success late in the draft. They've always had success taking like wild chances where you're like, hmm, I don't know why they took him there, but they did, and it turns out that the, so there are certain teams that are like that. I, I mean, the Bucks are like that. Chris Middleton was a second round draft pick. Giannis was taken, you know, mid teens, right? Yeah. yeah, so it there's a there's tons of of teams that are actually really good at that, and then there's other teams like <laughs> the Kings and the oh the Godforsaken uh, Godforsaken um, uh, Magic who just keep picking uh, the wrong picks over and over. But I do want to read this. This email came in actually today, um, and so um, Annie. Uh, 
Anai, I don't know this name. I don't know. It's A N I. So I don't forgive me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. But um, they write in. So Cole Anthony, Fultz, and Suggs are on the team. That's great guard depth for the Magic. But who starts? Um, well, I have my opinions because I love Suggs, and I think that uh, Cole Anthony was really good last year, and Fultz has been hurt. So I'm saying Fultz. Jared, are you there? Oh, my bad. No, uh, I had to get up and turn my. Uh, I had a dehumidifier on. So I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I didn't hear the last ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so this email, this email comes in from Annie uh, or A and I. Yeah, I heard that. I heard okay. that. Yeah. So Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, and Jalen Suggs are now on the Orlando Magic. Who are the two starters from those three? Uh. uh well, Fultz. We got to see what he does when he comes back from his injury. First off, um, he he tore his ACL this this past like midseason this last year. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know when okay, he's coming I don't back. Be yeah. So I mean, obviously, he's probably going to come back next season. So if he if he's healthy, then I think he's going to be a starter. He actually is doing a lot better with them, and I would I'd probably say Suggs too. So Cole Anthony's coming off the bench. Yeah, probably. Anthony had a pretty good rookie season. Um, I think that you, ideally, if you are the Magic, you want Fultz and Suggs to be the starter. I mean, they Fultz obviously had, was the number one pick overall. I don't think he's anywhere near being like a bust yet. Uh, it's, he's still young, obviously. Oh, he's a bust for a number one pick. Well, I just for mean sure. that we don't. I don't think we've seen. That's like an Anthony Bennett pick right there. <laughs> Maybe not that bad, but. Yeah, uh, I know, but I mean, I, I guess he blew with the uh, with the Seventy uh, Sixers, and then he kind of had a second win when he went with the Magic, and he and but he he's just a he's a good player. He's not, I mean, he's not an All Star, and he could obviously he has a ceiling like he could be, but he is the most unorthodox shot I've ever seen in my life for one. Well, he's trying to work on, right? But you think but that came, getting paid that much money, you could you could learn how to shoot, right? Well, well, that came from that came from an injury, though. Like, he that's the thing is he had uh, so the I, I just looked up what the exact injury was called, but it was called a scapular muscle imbalance in his shoulder, and it affects it affected his range of motion. So that that's why his shot was so. Oh, so now I feel like an asshole. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, I, really, I didn't know that. I didn't know that actually. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's the thing. What I was gonna say is like, I don't know how good he can be because he, li- dude, he's literally had the most ridiculous health problems ever. So he had that weird shoulder thing, and then he was uh, sidelined in eighteen nineteen with a thoracic outlet syndrome. It's a neurogenic type of disorder which affects nerves between the neck and shoulder, resulting in abnormal functional movement and range of motion. So, like. On top of that, that was probably from his. That was probably from his first injury. Right, exactly. They seem, they seem like they're intertwined. Yeah, it, it, right. Yeah. So like he's had to overcome that, and then of course, like you mentioned, he blew out his knee. So like I, I just, I honestly don't know about him. That's why I'm saying like I don't want to call him a bust yet because I don't really know how good he's going to be because he's had to. Sh- these like these are like major injuries that affect how he plays. Now maybe they're going to affect how he plays for the rest of his career, and then that does affect his ceiling. But if for some reason he comes out and he's healthy i mean he could be a potential you know mid-level all-star i think that's just i mean he, he obviously has the skill 
I don't think I don't think he's a bust as an NBA player. But when you choose someone first sure. overall, you're expecting someone to come into the league and give you numbers right away. I like agree. That, yeah. That's like if yeah, if you have the first overall pick, you're not waiting to develop that player. Like your first like, not the lottery, but I'd say your first five to ten picks, uh, whatever teams are taking you, they're expecting someone to you know impact your team that year, which is a lot to ask for these young kids. But I mean. If you're going to get paid the dollars, you got to, you got to do it. No, I agree. And I, I just like looking back at that draft, obviously, if you're the, if you're the Sixers, you're like, damn, I wish we would have taken Tatum. But I think that like, you know, it, it was hard to pass up Fultz's skill level. Right. And you didn't know about these injuries. That's the thing is like part of that ask, I guess, has to be on your medical staff for not catching it. But I don't know that anybody caught it because it didn't seem like a thing that he even knew. Like, I don't know that he was actually knew what was wrong with him. Right. I mean. You're in. I guess not. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, I, I have no idea. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're 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 uh, a young guy. You're sore. You're just thinking like maybe I'm just hurt. Like it just hurts because I'm playing. Like, I I don't know. I'm just I'm throwing stuff out there. But yeah, I don't know. I I I I I, I would. I think at the beginning of the year, Cole, we're going to know a lot more about Cole Anthony and him and Suggs in the backcourt uh, uh, is going to be interesting. Um, but I think you're right. Long term, it's. Sh- Probably they probably want Fultz and Suggs, yeah, right? For sure. Um, but are, you know, anybody on the Magic seems to just kind of bust out anyway. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see if they can get rid of that that hex on them. That, yeah, right. Um, all right. So uh, this last email, um, I'm trying to find it. I lost it. Uh, shit. I know what it says because I read it like three times last week. This is an older email. Uh, I can't find it now and I don't know who it's from. Oh, it's from Walter, our good friend Walter. Okay. Um, he wants to know coming into next season, who is the favorite to win the MVP? Do we have uh, the Joker repeating as MVP? Is Giannis back to his new form or is this finally the year that Luca becomes the MVP? That's a good question. Um, what I'd like to say is Anthony Davis. <laughs> yeah. From, from, no, I mean, no, me from what I've heard, he's, he's been putting in the work. Um, he's you know all the criticism and every everybody's saying you know he's always injured this that i've heard he's been putting in the work and i've always seen him as an an mvp caliber player and he's you know he's never won it uh i was dead serious you're over there laughing at me i don't think i don't think he's going to be the mvp but i think he's going to be a front runner no the only reason i was say luca luca sounds good the only reason i was laughing is because i want that too and it just like it just seems like I don't know. It feels like it's, the, a, it's like, not out of reach. It's not. No, no, no. I'm it's, not. It's Anthony Davis. It's not out of reach, but I just I want to see him be healthy for an entire season before I get too excited. That's true. <laughs> that's Good that's point. my only point. Good point. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm with you. I think. I mean, Luca was close this year. I think if he would have played more and that team was a little bit more successful in the regular season, he probably would have won the MVP. Um, but he's definitely going to be on everybody's radar next year. Like next year who knows what kind of stats he's going to put up. I mean, I mean there's about 10 players that it, you, you, it's a coin toss, uh, you know, like it could be Steph. It could be Katie. It could be Giannis. It could be James Harden. Possibly it could be Joel Embiid. It could be Steph Curry. It could be LeBron. It could be AD. It could be Luca. Yeah. It could be Ricky I mean, Rubio. It could be, I mean, Dame could go somewhere and just light it up in a different team and get, you know, get noticed a little more. Um, did you say Ricky Rubio? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be Ricky Rubio. It could be Colin Sexton, Kevin Love. <laughs> Kevin Love. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. That this like next year's MVP race is probably one of the most wide open that we've seen. Um, 
because like you mentioned, like there are tons of players that should be on the upswing. I mean, I feel like there has to, Zion has to even be a dark horse, right? Um, I, 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 I mean, a couple more years. I mean, I'm just saying, you never know. I'm not saying that he's going to be a favorite or anything, but he has to be at least in the odds. Like it might be long shot odds, but I mean, if they are any, if, if the Pelicans are successful anyway, and he averages 27 points a game and ups his rebounds and assists, it's going to be, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. It doesn't get hurt. That's, that's key too. Yeah. Let me real quick. Let me see, um, what the MVP odds are for next year. Uh, because crazy. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You go. Go ahead. I was going to say, has Kawhi ever won an MVP? Not a regular season MVP, no. So, I mean, that when I was going through the list, I was going to say Kawhi, but then I was like, I don't know. I just thought that was weird. Ka- as long Kawhi- as he's been around, yeah. Yeah, you would think that Kawhi would be um, on the list too. Okay, so here are the – here. you ready for this? I'll give you the top – let me see. This is kind of – these are these are wild odds. I'm, I'm just going to give you everybody – not everybody listed here, but a good portion. The top ten. Um, well, I want to go beyond top 10 because there's a lot of players here, and it's interesting where they're ranked. Top 20. Uh, we'll, we'll see. So the favorite next year is Luka. And number two is Joel Embiid. Number three is Garnett. Number four is Giannis. Steph is five. Wait, Le- wait what? Who's three? Three is Durant. You said Garnett. Uh, sorry. I, I keep doing that. I did that what last is your, Dude, <laughs> just call him up. Go on a date with him. That's the second week in a row. You, what, I mean, what do you have? <laughs> like, you literally – I thought you were just fucking with me. I was like, what? Are we talking Boston Garnett, Minnesota Garnett, Brooklyn Garnett? Now we're, or like, now we're at Minnesota or at Garnett. Like end, end of the career Minnesota no, no, we're, we're we're at the beginning of his career in okay. Minnesota. I don't know what. <laughs> I'm glad. Good catch. The <laughs> listeners are probably like, "Is Brian drunk?" It's it's oh, 4:30 on a Friday afternoon. Of course I am. Uh, so sorry. Kevin Durant is third. Giannis is fourth. LeBron or sorry, Steph Curry is fifth. Uh, well, okay, so LeBron and Curry have the same odds, um, so they're tied for fifth. Then Dame, then the Joker, and ready to round out the top ten. Number ten. Is Devin Booker? Uh, oh God! And then we, ha- yeah. And then we have Trey Young, James Harden, Anthony Davis. Uh, inter- Trey Young. Trey Young. Yeah, he's uh, he, he has the eleventh, uh, the eleventh best odds. He has better odds than Harden, Davis, Tatum, Mitchell. Uh, here's the funny thing. Uh, tied for about uh, it looks like seventeen. Uh, there's four players that all have plus four thousand odds to win. So forty to one odds to win the MVP. Paul George, Kyrie Irving, and Zion Williamson. Hmm. Paul George over Kawhi's not even listed on here. I guess it's because of the injury. I guess that's that's probably why. It's cuz he I probably won't play. I, I think after like the top 10, you're just you're betting for no reason. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. I agree. Like one of those players is going to win the MVP. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Anthony Davis isn't in the top ten. He's like fourteen. So, but Trey Young was tenth. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Twenty to one odds to win the MVP. Yeah, I mean, he's good. I, yeah, I don't see that, but I yeah, I mean, uh, to me, Booker as the te- like that's. Oh, was I mean, Booker tenth. Booker was tenth. Yeah, Trey's eleven. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, Booker's eighteen to one. Trey's twenty to one. I, I mean, I would get or give better odds to. To Booker over Trey Young personally, 
Oh, for sure. For sure. But yeah. 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 I just can't imagine. I don't know. That's just, it kind of caught me off guard. Uh, but yeah, so Luca is the favorite. So and I think, um, I think I agree with those odds for sure. Yeah. I, I honestly, I think Luca's going to win it next year. I really do. I, I think so too. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, ha- he has like LeBron James numbers, 30, 10 and 10 pretty much. And yep. he's 21 years old. He's going to get the, I mean, he's going to, He's probably going to win the MVP four or five times in his life. Yeah, I, I really think we're, we're we're watching like the next LeBron James in Luca. I agree. Unless it's one of those things where they like just don't want to give it to him anymore, like kind of like LeBron, where they just got tired yeah. of giving him the MVP and they wanted to give it to somebody else. That's but true. I'm with you. Um. All right. So that's it for the emails. Again, remember email the podcast at two guys one hoop and uh, at gmail.com. And let's move on to the trades. Um. So obviously we were expecting a lot of trades and everything I read. So was everyone else. Like people were talking about how, uh, the trade season was upon us and it looked like, uh, Ben Simmons was going to get traded and Damian Lillard was going to get traded. And, um, no, no, the only big trade that we had was, uh, one that I think you and I had discussed previously on the previous podcast that we were hoping didn't happen. And that was uh, Russell Russell Westbrook going to the Lakers. Turtle Man. Turtle Man. Turtle Man. Turtle Man. For Kuzma, KCP, uh, Harrell, and the 22nd pick in this draft. Thoughts, comments, tears. All right. All right. Well, as I've said previously, I am not high on Westbrook. I don't think he has it. Like, he doesn't have the drive to win. I mean, he's – I mean, obviously – and prior MVP puts up crazy numbers, but I, there's just some some players can win, some can't. But once you know, once the deal actually went through, I started to think about it, and like he doesn't necessarily fit into what the Lakers need. So what the Lakers need is they need a third superstar that can spread the floor, so Anthony Davis and LeBron can do their thing, and they need someone to run the offense because LeBron's 36 and. He's not going to start 82 games, and he's not going to run your offense. Like they need, they need a reliable. Like they need someone that's better than Schroeder. So they got that in Westbrook, and it's not the sexiest like All Star like big or if you want to call it like big three that they could have picked up. But when you really look around the league and realistically who they could have gotten, I think they went with the best the best choice that they had. And that's I mean that's saying a lot coming from me. But the reason I say that is the trade actually isn't over yet. So it, they can't finalize the trade until August 6th, I think, 6th or 11th yeah. or, or whenever, whenever the regular season or whenever they can do it. I think it's the 6th. So what they can do now is I've heard rumors you add a third team in on this trade and they still have some assets to, to possibly pick up like a Buddy Heald or a 3 and D player. So if you add the Kings in on a th- you know a three team trade or even pick up a fourth fourth team and kind of work some magic, they still have I don't know if they can necessarily trade any more picks because I don't think they can trade a first round pick for like six more years. So they might be able to trade one of those second round picks or something, and they still have THT. So if you're a team like that is your perfect bargaining chip. And as I said before, that was the biggest bargain draft I've ever seen. Like you buy a draft pick and then you get a potential all-star in the second round. And it's almost like they knew he was going to be great in the NBA. So you take a player like THT and you facilitate or facilitate a third team, you get the Kings and maybe the Kings straight up trade you 
Buddy Healed for THT and and whatever else you know if they need money to match or whatever you know whatever mm-hmm. but that's still on the table so they can actually pick up the, I mean this is I mean this I mean it's a long shot but it's not a long shot so I've heard rumors that they're still pursuing him and when I broke down what their contract is going to be so if they don't do that and they sign Caruso and Horton Tucker um, to extensions then they're going to be in the hard cap and they're going to be spending three like roughly 380 million dollars next year for the roster which is fucking crazy but what it does is they can fill out the rest of the team with vet men contracts and they have one hard cap mid-level taxpayers exemption which is 5.9 million and it wouldn't surprise me one bit if demar derozan took that so could you imagine if they pulled off I'm not saying he will. Like he obviously he's worth more than 5.9 million. But yeah. if you're Demar Derozan, why wouldn't you go back play for your home city? You get to play with Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Uh, I'm sure there's gonna you know they're gonna have a squad coming in, not like great players, but they're gonna have like decent tenured players that are gonna join on the on the smaller contracts. And then you pick up someone like Demar Derozan on that mid that mid level uh, contract. So then you're looking at Westbrook. Uh, Buddy Heald, AD, um, DeMar DeRozan, and like Mark Gasol would be your your starting five, and, uh, and you would fill out the bench, and and that is a fucking dominant team. Yeah, I no matter how you look at it, I definitely, uh, I definitely would love that. I think that I mean there there's still like you said there's still. Um, there's still options with the heel thing. It's financially, it's puts them in a tough spot. Like just being able to clear enough cap space for them to, I think, um, from what I be done though, it can be done. Um, yeah. From what I heard, it would have to involve, and I'm just reading this now. Like, um, uh, from what I've heard, it would have to involve a signing trade of Taylor, Taylor Horton, Tucker, Taylor Tucker and, and, and Schroeder. Yeah. Yeah. So, Again, Schroeder would have to agree to to the trade, so it'd have to be a place that he wants to go. And I that's but if you do a sign in trade, he can sign. So let's say, uh, like Washington. So I don't know exactly what Washington's planning on doing. Like they keep putting this front up like they want to keep Bradley, <laughs> right? Which the is hilarious. Reason, yeah, like literally the only reason they're saying that is to get his trade value up. So if they act like they still want him, then people are, or teams are going to offer him. Like we can see through that. Yeah, like I'm not saying he's going to be dealt before the beginning of the year, but he's going to be dealt before the trade deadline, like period. So they can. So so it really depends on like hypothetically if you had this as your three team trade, or you could add a fourth team. So you could do a. So let's say you throw in, let's say you throw in the Knicks, and you and I don't I don't like the Knicks and the Bulls are interested in Schroeder. So let's say that they want to give him the contract he wants. He wants a $100 million contract spread over, what, four years? So he wants 25 a year. Let's say the Knicks or the Bulls. I mean, the Bulls would probably be the team that would need him the most. Um, they're kind of competing, and they need someone to kind of run the offense and a veteran mm-hmm. player. Yeah. So let's just say the Bulls. So you add the fourth team in the Bulls. You do a sign-and-trade. The Bulls get Schroeder. Um, THT goes to the Kings. The Lakers get Buddy Heald, and then... Uh, I guess Washington would have – if Washington's getting the same deal, like it doesn't – you know, nothing else involves Washington, yeah. then they don't have to agree, right? Right, yeah. Like you would just – okay. Um, I mean it's a long shot, but I, I guarantee like the Lakers work magic and like 
they they just they just do things you don't think are going to happen. Yeah, and, and honestly, oh, you can go. I was going to say, and I think too, like you're right. Like LeBron has been actively recruiting um, DeRozan. Like that's been like everywhere that he literally has been. Like you know, come play with me in LA, come home. But you know, it's also a big step for him to take the mid level or you know the, the veterans mid level. Like that's a huge he, pay cut. I think he's taking it because like if I'm and the reason I. I mean, most of the time I'll put my myself in the position of like the player. So let's say you're Demar Derozan. You, he's been in the league. What is he? He's 32 years old, or he just turned 32. He mm-hmm. might be 31, turning 32. So he's been in the league for over 10 years. He's he signed a huge deal with Toronto that that kind of when they when Toronto traded for Kawhi Leonard, um, yeah. that rolled over into to, um, San Antonio. So I mean, he's he's had his 150 million dollar contract. Yeah, you're right. 125, $150 million contract. He's played in the league for 10 years. So if you average each year at 15 or 20 million, you know, 15, 20 million, I mean, he's made probably $200 million in his life. Like, he, he's set for life. So obviously you want more money, but like, why wouldn't you at that point when you, you're loaded pretty much, why wouldn't you go play for your home? Like, if Cincinnati had, had the Royals and they wanted me to play for them and they had LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Yeah. Why wouldn't I go back to Cincinnati for six million dollars, play one year, try to win, try to win a ring, and it's not like his value is going to go down. I mean, even if he he doesn't perform well, it's not like teams around the league are going to look at him any less. It's because you're playing with like a explosive offense. You might not get the touches. You might not get the shot attempt. You know yeah. What I mean? Right. Yeah. No. That's... It's, it's, unless he injures himself, like he's. I mean, he's fine. He wants to play in L.A. and I I, I really think he's going to do it. But that is a that's a that's a guess but yeah i i don't i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that uh you're wrong i we no only person that knows that is demar Derozan, but it's obvious that the lakers want him um i do feel like the westbrook trade came out it came from a a direction of desperation i don't know what was happening on the buddy healed side because honestly i'd rather have healed in Derozan than westbrook if if that that was the choices um i I think you're getting them all I mean, but if that if that's the case, then then that's okay. I'll take that, you know. But if we look back in three months and that didn't isn't what happened, I just I'm stunned because I think that that was a huge mistake. If if we if <laughs> I said we, I hate when people do. Well, if we don't, because I don't I don't want to I don't want to be that me, that fan. Me, me and uh me and Magic, we're we're teaming back up. We're gonna get back on the Lakers payroll. If the Lakers can't get all that talent, then I just I think that that was a huge missed opportunity. I just do. Uh, I mean, in the West, you're going to need a third. You're going to need a third All Star to take the West. What what realistic options did they have? I, I know he, I know Westbrook doesn't fit in perfectly, but typically talent wins championships. Like you put the best players on the floor, and you know in the NBA, a lot of times they just win. Like you you do need that camaraderie and 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 everything and you know team play but at some point when like like when you look at the nets like you got Kyrie, james harden and durant uh i guess they do they obviously work better together because they're more iso players and they're also friends harden and durant oh yeah yeah i thought they hated each other after okc no 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 he he actively recruited them to to get harden like they he okayed it like him and Kyrie are best friends, which is just weird. But Harden and Durant have gotten along for years. Westbrook was kind of the odd man out in that group. 
Um, and I don't know that my my biggest fear is that LeBron wants to kill Westbrook because of the crazy ass turnovers. You know, LeBron and his teams have always been, you know, smart teams who play good defense, don't take crazy risks, don't turn the ball over. And my biggest fear is that with Westbrook on the court, LeBron will end up either killing himself or killing Westbrook. That's my biggest fear of those two playing together. I mean, do you think Westbrook has an ego to where he's not going to listen to LeBron James? If if LeBron's like, dude, don't take that shot next time, you think he's going to have an ego? Or do you think yeah, I learn? 100%. No, I 100% think he has an ego. Like, Russell Westbrook is the type of person, I mean, I've followed his career. I, I was a huge Westbrook fan, and it became such a turnoff to watch him play. He thinks he's the best player on the court. He is... And it, it may he may be different off the court. I don't know, but on the court, he has one goal, and that's just he he has that mentality that I love. But it's to a detriment of somebody who doesn't have the skill. He 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 has heart. He has a motor, but he is not a good shooter, and he makes terrible decisions. He's not a smart player. Uh, so that all that combines to something that can drive a fan of his crazy. And if you're playing with him, I mean, just think about playing with a guy like that who thinks that he can make every shot but he makes about 30% of those shots. <laughs> so that's Drew Holiday. Yeah, it's Drew. <laughs> and he just yeah. won a ring. <laughs> With Giannis who is like the one of the best leaders in basketball and it's all We're talking about LeBron. Who's better, LeBron? Uh, with leadership, who's better, LeBron or Giannis? Oh, Giannis. I know you're going to say LeBron. No, it's Giannis. LeBron. Get out of your fucking mind. One of my With leadership? Yeah. I'm not saying just raw talent and and who's no. the best player right now, but leadership? If you look at the Come way on, Le- dude. No, I, I'm the way that LeBron leads. He's turned off so many players that hate like like, and it's not the same as like Kobe and Michael, where they're just dogs and they like ride these players. It's the passive aggressiveness and the like the being left out type thing. Like if you look at that last season in the Cavs, first of all, he p- pushed Kyrie away. That was a big one. He you know pe- he didn't push Kyrie away. They tried to trade him, and he wanted to 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 be traded, or he wanted to be traded after. He got caught wind that they were going to trade him for uh, a draft pick if you, on draft night. If you Google That's why Kyrie left, if you Google Kyrie's comments, he eventually apologized because he said that he, when he left, he said he hated playing with LeBron. He didn't like the way LeBron led, and he apologized because he says I now like, he apologized later saying I feel, but it's Kyrie, so take it for the grain of salt. I was going to say you're going to go off something that Kyrie Irving said as a source. Uh, no, but uh, hear Nobody me out. Cares about Kyrie. I I I agree, but I'm telling you that players have complained about playing with LeBron James in the past, his leadership, because it, that you look even when when they brought in D Wade and there was that whole thing that happened at his last season where they had a locker room meeting and the locker room was split because LeBron. Uh, was leaving people out. He he's big on like these these social media messages. This this very like, and this is this is what what drives me nuts about LeBron. This is one of the main reasons I don't like him, is because he's passive aggressive. You, you take those dirty words out of your mouth. He he go. You he, take them out. You apologize to me, and you you apologize to LeBron James right now. This is all. And you know what? And the Tune Squad might forgive you. <laughs> They're going to show up my doorstep. I'm about to get raped by a bunch of tunes. Uh, Bugs Bunny's going to give you his carrot. <laughs> that, that, that's getting clipped. That's going on TikTok and, and Instagram. Um, I One of my biggest issues with LeBron is the way that he carries himself and his passive-aggressive attitude. And whether it's having wine night and excluding Isaiah Thomas or you know doing these things that, that he thinks is motivating. Play- I mean, he literally – I think he, he ruined Kevin Love. Like – 
I, Kevin Love has not been outspoken about it, but I just feel like if you look at his career and the trajectory, I think he mentally destroyed Kevin Love. And you look at the way that he would yell at J.R. Smith, but then at the same time give Channing Fry a pass or um, how everything was – anytime Miami lost, it was always Mario Chalmers' fault no matter what happened. Those kind of things like LeBron is very passive-aggressive. He'll make passive-aggressive posts on, the, on Twitter and on Instagram. That kind of leadership rubs players the wrong way. I guarantee you because Wessel Westbrook is the way he is, he's very in-your-face, outspoken. That kind of shit will not fly with him. It didn't because Dur- Durant's tell, tell me similar. how Giannis is a leader though. So just oh you, great, that's not just through how you play. You have to be like behind the scenes. No. So tell me what Giannis sure. does to motivate his team to win besides sure. his play. Yeah, absolutely. So th- there was a big podcast right before Game Six that I listened to, and uh, it, it opened my eyes. Was it two guys, one one cup. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was. Tom Tom Haberstroh had on a guy who wrote wrote some book. I can't remember the book's called, but there was there's an inside the NBA piece about Giannis, and uh, he basically said that Giannis is the leader of the team, and a lot of people didn't realize that. A lot lot of people thought like maybe it was Middleton, maybe it was Holiday, maybe it was like people were questioning, but there he basically uh, took this team over in the locker room. Uh, early in the year and basically was like, listen, I'm going to go out there no matter what. I'm going to put myself on the line. I've got your guys' back. And there's also like tons of audio clips if you listen to uh, post-game interviews, just the way that he talks about his teammates. Like, you know, they asked him about Drew Holiday's 4 for 20 scoring and he basically was like, Drew is uh, one of the best players I've ever played with, just totally building him up to have that big game that he had next game where he's like, I'm going to give the ball to Drew nine times out of 10. He's going to hit it. I have faith in him. Uh, I love playing with Drew Holiday. He's one of the best teammates I've ever had. Chris Middleton is my brother. Like just building up his teammates and they, there's pieces of him talking in the locker room, like just totally amping up his team and deflecting all criticism of any other player on himself. And he basically is like, you know, if Drew Holiday goes four for 20, we can still win the game. You know, I, I, I have faith in him. He's going to make the play. Like, just a total different attitude, um, and it's pretty amazing. Like, it, I encourage you to look up some of the clips on on Giannis's leadership. It blew me away, and to me, that's the type of guy that you need. And you know, apparently, he had an, it, there was an issue at the beginning of the year where uh, some of the players were turning on Budenholz, and he went to those players and he was like. He he did the hard thing. He got in their face and was like, "Either you're part of this team or you're not. If you want to be a part of this team, he's our coach. He's our leader. This is what we're doing. We're winning a championship." And I, it changed their year. It completely changed their year. And those players were like, "Whoa!" They backed down. And when Giannis speaks, people listen. Apparently, so. So, so, so when he's in the locker room with them, does he does he go to all of them and give them the Greek freak? I think so. He might give him a peek. That might that, scare him is too. A, is that a secret? He's like, hey, you want to take a shower with me? I don't think you do. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you have not, you've not seen a Greek freak until you've seen Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, maybe that. Yeah. Anyways, we let's. Uh, okay, so, I was wrong, but but honestly, I, I I get, I agree with everything you said with LeBron's leadership and everything. So it rubs some players the wrong way, but you, you have to be blunt sometimes. So. But I don't know. I guess yeah. I guess to each their own. Uh, maybe he is a better leader. I, I don't. But, I listen. There are certain players that just because LeBron is who he is, they're going to listen. I just don't think Russell Westbrook is one of them. Like you can put like there's tons of players you can put on this team 
that are going to make a difference. I just worry about Westbrook and LeBron playing together because you think back to the way, you know, that stupid mistake that J.R. Smith did that cost them a game in the finals that maybe eventually actually cost them a series. I doubt it. I think they're going to lose anyways, but definitely cost them a game. And yeah, I wouldn't talk to him ever again. <laughs> right. No, no, I'm with you. But I'm just saying that's a type of shit that Westbrook does. Like those are the mistakes that he makes. He makes those mental mistakes all the time. And if he is your third superstar and he's ma- we're talking about J.R. Smith who's a role player that makes those mistakes. If your third player is making those mistakes, uh, I just it. I just can't – I don't know. Like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I pray that I'm wrong because I want this team to be good. But it just worries me to know in that LeBron and Westbrook are going to flame out. Similar to the way that Kobe and Dwight did. That, that team never worked because Kobe – Shaq too. Shaq and Shaq too. too. Yeah, and Shaq. That, and then they won four titles. Yeah, yeah. I mean uh, hopefully that's the situation. You know, not it's not Kobe and Dwight. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, exactly. You got you to one-up them, so five. So five, yeah. I mean God, I would love that. And that would solidify – LeBron forever and Westbrook so honestly I, I, I think the real question is uh who's more dapper like who dresses better Westbrook or LeBron well I'm gonna go with LeBron because I think Westbrook is his fashion is crazy but apparently he's the fashion king right of the NBA like yeah so but you know there's something to say too about Westbrook coming home like I think that matters too he's wanted to play in LA his entire career and now not only does he get to play with the Lakers he gets to play with LeBron and Anthony Davis so in his head he should be thanking his lucky stars he gets to play with them like he should be swallowing his pride like right like he should be the Chris Bosh the Kevin Love of this trio right he that's who he should be yeah but the good thing is if let's say AD goes down for a series in the playoffs or something now you have someone that can help LeBron you know like I mean, he's getting older, but he could have a game or two that he actually sways for a victory. When when it was just Lebr- or two, all you know, with like AD and LeBron, if one of them went out or both of them went out, I mean, that was it. Like, oh, they, they, yeah. They could, but now if like, even if let's say LeBron's out for uh, a series, and you're like, oh, we're gonna lose the series, then I mean, you have Westbrook and AD. If they if they go lights out for three or four games, they can actually you know win a series that otherwise you wouldn't win win without one of the three. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. We saw it in this playoffs. This past year, Westbrook won a game. Won he won a game for 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 them. Like he literally led Washington to a victory in that in yeah. the first round. Like he had a forty point game, right? So, I mean, I yeah, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, it's not it's not the sexiest pickup, like I said, but it makes the most sense with what they had. And yes, they're desperate. They need a third All Star. They need a they need a big three. And how many how many teams are willing to give a player of that caliber up? Especially when you when you break down when you break down the trade, like did they really give that much up to get him? It's not really that big of a risk. Like, yeah, Kuzma was developing. He, he'll he'll be a better player. He was becoming better on both ends of the floor, defensively and offensively. He was sluggish, but that's because he was playing with LeBron and AD. Yeah. And then Montrez, like I said, there's no point to even have him on your team. So no, I agree. Six man of the year, great player, but if you don't play him in the finals or in the postseason, then he means nothing to you. Yeah, totally agree. And, same with KCP. KCP probably won a championship for him two years ago, and last year he couldn't shoot. He was afraid to shoot. Uh, he shot 41% from 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 long range during the season, postseason. He fucking shit the bed. Yeah, he did. He really so did. They didn't, and they don't need a first-round pick. They're trying to win next year in two years. You know, they have like a two-year window. So, yeah. Or probably longer than that, maybe two or three, but re- realistically like a one- or two-year window with LeBron James aging. So, I mean— it's 
as much as I don't like Westbrook, it, it makes sense if they can get surrounding pieces around this trade. I totally agree. I, I don't hate it. I, I'm not in love with it, but again, I don't hate it because you, you make a good point. Like they, they needed someone to take the load off of LeBron and they and AD as well. Like they needed that third person. They were, you know, they were hoping it would be Schroeder. Like they were Schroeder hoping. Sucks, man. I'm, I'm over Schroeder. I no, can't I'm, stand that guy. I'm with you too. Like, God. uh, but they, that's, they were hoping to get that. And honestly, during the regular season, he did, he did that. Like they, he was good, but you know, it playoffs are a different animal, man. It's just different basketball. Like I, they, we say it all the time. It's why it's so hard to win a championship because the basketball things tighten down. The rim gets smaller. The defense play harder. The, you know, the rotations get shorter. Like you have to be ready to come off the bench. Like you just have to. And uh, I just, unfortunately he wasn't, um, same thing with Drummond, you know, Drummond killed them. They thought he was going to be a piece and it hurt him more than helped. Um, you think they're going to keep Drummond? No, no, no. I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, I'm saying, do you think they're going to try to resign him? I don't think so. No, because I don't think, I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends on what the market is, but I don't think so. I wouldn't. I mean, for, for uh, I mean, the market for uh, just a, like a center that can only rebound and can't really shoot. Besides, like a little, maybe a little, not even a mid range, just kind of. Yeah. Know, I mean, w- w- what's the market for a player like that? Not, not much. Probably the best rebounder <laughs> in ba- basketball, but. Well, from what I heard too um, last night uh, on Twitter, uh, it was they were saying that it looks like AD. It, they've they've basically AD and LeBron have uh, understand the, the metrics. They've looked, they've talked to the team. They they've talked about building this team, and they understand that the best lineup they had last year and the most successful lineup they had was AD at the five and LeBron at the four. It is was one of the best lineups in basketball. And so from what I've read is they both understand that, that he's going to have to play more center and LeBron's going to have to play more four. And so that's what yeah, you have. And that makes sense with like Westbrook playing playing point guard or yep. whatever. Yep. But but then when you but here here's the issue with that LeBron's 36 so I'm not saying you know as far as injury prone like players get injured and if you look throughout his career like you can't label him as injury prone even later in his career like he he's gotten hurt uh, he got hurt last year and two years ago but in between uh, with the COVID year didn't he play he played pretty much every game except maybe one or two yeah yes and uh, Anthony Davis if you play him at the five that means. Uh, he might be able to make you, uh, you know, if you have an 82 game season, he might be able to get you in the low 70s or something like that, and that's a good year for him. But once once postseason comes around, man, and he's playing like real basketball against real bigs that are really trying to push him around, I feel like it's just gonna break his shoulder. Like every time he goes up or shoots, I'm just like, for some reason, I think his shoulder's gonna break. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Like he's just fragile, and you start playing playoff basketball and he's playing this you know he's playing 40 minutes at center you're telling me he's gonna play what you got three series before the finals let's say you play five games a series that's 15 16 games and then the finals you're telling me he's gonna go through 22 games of just rugged basketball and you're playing every other day every third day i just don't i mean i i literally can't see that happening to where he doesn't get hurt that's why i'm expecting him to get hurt and that's why you i mean ad is kind of the the piece they need on it which which sucks like he's out of the big three like he would be the one that that he you know he can really just be a mismatch against other offenses and and, and everything or defenses yeah no i I, i'm with you about yeah i think that i i just think that this knowing that and he may not play that he may this may not be the the lineup they play all year long but i think when the playoffs come lebron and ad are going to be the the front court 
that's what it's going to look like because that's how you win a championship. You think you can play 22 games like that? I mean, if they want to win a championship, they're going to have to. I mean, that is unequivocally their best lineup. And anytime that lineup was on the floor, they were uh, miles above almost every other team. There was very few lineups that that were better than them in terms of of metrics. And um, I think they're going to build this team to look like that. They're going to have a center. They're probably going to start, like you said, Marcus Gasol at center for most of the season. But come playoff time, crunch time, this is what their 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 lineup's going to look like. I got a question: Is uh, Westbrook good at offensive rebounding? Oh yeah, he's. I mean, dude is a ball. Well, hawk. I know he can. I know he can get boards, but I didn't know if it was more like and some player. Like I remember Tristan Thompson was really good at getting like offensive boards and stuff. Yeah, there's yeah. just certain players that know. I know you were saying like he really picked up on how to position himself when the ball hits the rim, what angle it's coming at, kind of to get in there. And he's he he's undersized too for how many rebounds he gets really, but. I mean, just think of that. If you had Anthony Davis at the five, LeBron at the four, and then you had Westbrook playing point, like you would get all the boards pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's like a, three great rebounders. That's a like you know. Yeah, that's a you know he his um, offensive uh, rebounding uh, metrics were like they were the best in the league in terms of uh, uh, one twos or threes. So like Westbrook, I think is... you gain a lot of value picking up Westbrook. I really do. Yeah, and I'm not really a huge fan of him. And he might fizzle out, not work in L.A. But right now, we'll see what they can do to put or put pieces around him. But for what they had and what the or the options they had, I think I think they made a, a decent decision. I do too. I I I, I agree. Uh, all right, let's we we get, we're going long, so let's let's talk about the draft and then wrap this sucker up. Um, you. Uh, you have any any initial thoughts from the draft that you want to talk about? Um, not really. No, not really. So, uh, what did you? Because you're a Cavs fan, how did you feel about the Cavs uh, drafting Evan Mobley? Well, like you were saying, he's he's kind of undersized, weak, but he can shoot. Um, I, I, I mean, how good of a shooter is he? I think that's yet to be determined. I don't think we really know. He does appear to have a soft touch around the rim. And he's a good free throw shooter, so I, you know, that. So he's like an eight. Is he? Is he like a more agile DeAndre Ayton? Well, see, that's I don't know that that would be a good comp. I think um, in terms of his um, offensive prowess, the problem is he's like super skinny. Like he weighs two hundred weight. You can yeah, you can gain weight and you can build. Like I'm not worried about that. Once you once you have like professional personal trainers and a diet regimen, like you can gain weight. You can. That's not a big deal. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree with that. Yeah, um, he, he's a seventy percent free throw shooter. Um, I, to me, the big and this is where I talk about his size, though. Like one of his the the biggest issues for me with him is in college he only averaged eight rebounds a game. He's you know seven foot, athletic, um, but he got pushed around a lot, and you know I just worry about his his frame like you mentioned he can get bigger but uh that doesn't always work for players because when you're seven foot tall and you start gaining weight injuries can happen so that those are my main concerns i think he definitely has a high ceiling but i also think he has a low floor like um other players in the draft like i mentioned i i don't i think jalen green jalen suggs and Cade uh, cunningham all have low low or high floors like i think that at the very least they're going to be in the league for a long time they may not be superstars if they don't pan out but they're going to be at least role players i think either evan mobley is a superstar or he's a bust that's the way i look at him 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Cavs tried to trade up to get Cunningham, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they they need a center. I don't know. I mean, he was the best center in the draft. Uh, uh, he was considered the second best player in the draft. However, you want whatever metrics determine that, and they got him at three, so it's a decent value pick, I guess. I, uh, I, I don't know. Like until I see him play, like he might go out there and he might be like an Anthony Davis that just doesn't rebound as well, but can shoot and. He can spread the floor, uh, and he can do everything except he's a, a weak rebounder. But like you said, if he needs to gain some muscle, gain some weight, I'm sure he could he could do that quite easily and and kind of improve his game there. So, I think that yeah, my th- I think and I think this is a lot with a lot of these players in the draft is like there's a lot of unknowns. Like that would be my biggest th- thing is like there's a lot of unknowns. We just don't know. Like that's what makes this draft so difficult. This this particular draft is because you're um, the majority of these players you're drafting on potential i know that's how the the draft generally always goes but i think with this draft it's a little bit uh higher risk like he's going to be a good scorer like he he can he's not going to turn the ball over you know he has the potential to be a a stretch big which that is good he's a good uh shot blocker and he's a good so he's a good rim defender and he's a good passer um i think that i mean he just his he shot thirty percent from the college for three point line thirty percent is not great, so that has to get improve. Um, and I just think he needs to bulk up. But that, that's the thing though is like if he does all these things and he hits that high uh, ceiling, he could be potentially the best player. Like that's why you take him because he could be the the Hall of Famer that we talked about earlier. Like he could be that guy. Uh, he has that high of ceiling. Like it's just it's it's a risk. And I think they I think the Cavs took the appropriate risk i think that they kind of got lucky a little bit in this draft by houston passing on him now i think houston taking jalen green is i think jalen green to me probably is the most the closest to a sure thing Uh, i like him better than cade cunningham um i like jalen suggs the most as far as like being with a team forever and being good and like uh, having a long career. I think his floor is probably the highest Uh, but i think jalen green uh, is legit and has potential to be a superstar um so i don't i don't mind houston taking him and passing mobley but i don't think that any of those other players really would have fit with the Cavs as good as mobley was like the perfect fit he's exactly what they need and they're not they're not in win now mode right they don't need to win next year so they can they can play with you know with mobley and 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 work with him and and get him better well i heard a report that said uh, jalen green might have gone first or been you know, known as like the best player in the draft, if he would have gone to a college and not played in the G League, yeah. And then actually, him playing with like G leaguers and and how he performed almost makes him like so, you know the most solidified best player just to to come out of uh, the draft and actually play in the NBA. I definitely agree so with that. Yeah, that might be why the Rockets took him. And I think that that makes sense. And to me, like like I said, I think that the way that the I I think if you're so like those top three teams, Detroit had to take Cade Cunningham, I think, because he was the consensus overall first pick. And if you pass on him, you're making a big uh, guess. And at the very least, if you're the front office, you can't get in trouble for taking him. You know what I mean? Like if he doesn't pan out, well, it's like, well, everyone was saying he was the number one draft pick, right? Uh, Green, there was questions, right? Like he, you know, didn't go to college. He you know, went to the G League. There was questions uh, maybe about that. Um, why didn't he go to college? You know, but 
I think you're right. Like I just I I think Green is going to be a terrific player in the NBA. I do. Like I said, I, I he's athletic. He can score. He's a good uh, uh, ball handler. He can distribute. He can pass. Uh, I think you know. But again. Mobley fell right. I, I just feel like this draft fell right where it was supposed to. Like I know a lot of people had Mobley going two, and Green going three, but I think it worked out better for both teams, to be honest. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. You got to. I mean, you got to wait till they they actually get out in the NBA and and kind of see what they do. But it really it's a crapshoot. So uh, I mean, there's a lot of risk. I think, like I said before, if you, if you want to win in the NBA, you have to take risks. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have to be calculated, but you have to take risks. If you're just doing everything conservative, then you're going to be a middle-of-the-road team. If you take the risks and you, you take the time to kind of evaluate the, the risk level and what you're – that's pretty much how you win, uh, unless you're like a big market team like the Lakers or, or Golden State or something that you can just get whoever you want when you want. You know, um, you have to take risks. So. I think um, to to me the biggest disappointment in the draft was uh, the Raptors taking Scotty Barnes ahead of Jalen Suggs. Like I've mentioned it many times, I'm a huge Suggs fan. I think he's going to be great. But Scotty Barnes, it's like he's it, supposed to be the best shooter in the draft, though. Scotty Barnes, Suggs. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm saying that they. I, I'm saying that the fact that the Raptors passed on Suggs and took Barnes. I got, okay, I got you. Yeah, I Bar- got you. Barnes is probably one of the worst shooters in the draft and he um he's a, probably the best defender in the draft but again it's like I, i'm just thinking in my head like is this michael kid gilchrist is this tony allen like what like what are you trying to build if you're if you're building a team um i i i get it the idea of like oh man okay so we have ananobi siakam and barnes they're both are all good defenders like but you can't play all those guys at the same time. They all pretty much play the same position. Like, and Barnes is a net zero on offense. Like, I just, I'm shocked. Uh, I, I'm really, I really am. I was, I was blown away by that. Um, maybe I missed something. Maybe Barnes ends up being a, a better player than I think he will be. But I just, I can't imagine passing on Suggs for Barnes. That just, it blew me away. Yeah, but, uh, what was I going to say? Um, actually, never mind. I forget. I, I, I think I'm losing, I'm losing it. I'm losing it over here. We're lo- you're losing steam. Um, I'm losing steam over here. Um, I do think that Suggs going to, like we mentioned, Suggs playing in the backcourt with Fultz and, and, um, and Anthony, I think it's good for him. Like that. Yeah. It's a crowded backcourt, but that's going to cause competition and hopefully, you know, cream rises to the top in those situations you know it's not like we're handing you the ball hey you're our point guard no it's hey you have competition there's three guards there's only two spots let's see who wins so i think i think that's good um and and honestly i I think that this was probably the best thing because orlando's mo was to take somebody like barnes and they've taken that player a million times mo bamba defensive minded terrible you know like i could go on and on down the list of lottery picks that they've taken that haven't panned out um i'm a huge isaac jonathan isaac fan and he was starting to play better and then he blew out his knee um so we'll see how he comes back but again like their draft picks have not panned out well they've always went defense first and it's been really bad for them they haven't had a, they haven't hit really on a draft pick in a while so i think Suggs going to them was actually a a, a f- very fortunate um, the other big thing I want to talk about is I mentioned Josh Giddy on the last podcast. I mentioned how you know he could be 
uh, a, a dark horse to be one of the better players. He jumped all the way up to the Thunder at six, which blew, I was surprised. Everybody had him going uh, in a late uh, lottery. But what I saw of him, I really liked. And uh, obviously, uh, OKC had the draft picks to take a risk on a player high. And that's what they did. So big ups to them. And then the other big one in my in my mind is I think, you know, Davion Butler uh, is going to come into the league and he's going to or sorry, Davion Mitchell. I don't, yeah, Mitchell. I, I, yeah, I don't know why I said Butler. Davion Mitchell uh, being drafted by the Kings. Um, they they're I think they're going to end up trying to trade De'Aaron Fox and you're going to have Mitchell and Halberton as your backcourt. And. I'm telling you right now, Mitchell is going to be Drew Holiday 2.0 uh, on the defensive Why end. Why would they trade De'Aaron Fox? Uh, that's the rumor. They want it there. They're talking about moving on to him basically because he's going to have uh, a big price tag and they don't see themselves contending anytime they soon. S- they suck that bad. Yeah. They're also wow. trying to t- talk about trading Bagley, which was the number two pick in the draft. So Jesus. Yeah. So they're trying to move Heald, possibly Fox, and possibly Bagley. Um, so, I mean, the Kings are just terrible but i do like mitchell i i think that he is the type of point guard or, or sorry type of two guard uh, uh or point guard slash whatever you want to be. he 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 was the defensive player of the year in the big 12 and he averaged two steals a game the dude is an annoying player and he shot 44 percent from three so on five shots a game so he he's he's a three and d wing uh he can shoot the ball decently and he's going to drive the other player crazy i mean he is good on defense so um i don't know if you know maybe they can figure out a way to play fox him and and halberton together and they could possibly that could be good so we'll see yeah we'll see we'll see we'll see those are pretty much my thoughts on the draft i the only draft the 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 teams i didn't like really in the draft and i thought they kind of struggled one was uh um i i just i think golden we should mention this i think golden state you know, I like their picks just fine. I mean, that's whatever. But, man, they missed an opportunity not being able to pull off a trade because now that the picks are made, those tra- those draft picks aren't worth as much. So it definitely hurt them not being able to pull off one of those trades. Um, and- I, I still – I mean, it sucks, but I still think with, with three high pick, you know, three lottery picks over the last two years and um, they could trade picks still and they have uh, – um, what's his name? Uh, Andrew Wiggins too. Mm-hmm. That they could they could bring in another star. Like I st- I, I get what you mean. Like it, it makes it doesn't make sense. Like a pick before you actually make the pick is has a lot more value than after you've made the pick because teams want to select the player mm-hmm. or you know whatever. But I still think with with three players that young with high ceilings and some other assets they could still pull off some sort of trade. It, it might not be as as much, but I still think they're gonna do it. They'll do something. I mean, you know, they took, you know, so the players they took have potential, but they're not going to be good next year. That's the thing. Like, if you were just judging this draft in a, like, okay, how did they do draft-wise? Well, I think they did really good by getting Moody and, and Kuminga, but it doesn't help them win next year. These aren't players that are going to come out and actually make a difference. Um, and that's kind of, I think, why they the, they took those players, right? Because... If they took uh, Duarte or a Davion uh, Mitchell, uh, those players don't have as high as ceilings, and those are the, they would fit in probably better with this team, right, to win a championship. But they took players that have high upside and that player that players that uh, teams might actually want to build around in the future. Uh, so that makes sense in terms of who they drafted. But I just think that not being able to move that needle um, 
was frustrating. And yeah. So, but we'll see. We'll see. Anything else you want to say uh, before we close this podcast out? No, just hope the Lakers take, you know, get a, get a ring next year. That's all I'm hoping for here. They can pull off some magic and, and kind of bring some players to, to go around the big three. That'd be cool. Yeah. So I That'd think, cool. I think we'll probably, I don't know. We'll probably take a couple weeks off. Um, probably talk about building uh, our top 40 list and we'll have a, a list of that. And then obviously if any trades happen, that'll probably bring us back to the podcast. But right now there's nothing to really talk about between now and uh, August 1st ish or um, August, sorry, August 8th, I think um, is when stuff's probably going to start happening. So I don't know if we'll have a podcast next week. We'll see what happens. Right. Well, we had two this week, so yeah, exactly. We don't, yeah, and we had like five last week. <laughs> right, we're good for a while. Um, you know, so just you know, keep your finger on the pulse. If something happens, we'll we'll uh, we'll have a podcast. Um, if not, then um, we'll uh, be talking about our top forty players. So be working on that list, Jay. Well, I'm gonna start. It's already in my head. I already I already have it broke down. Ricky Rubio, Ricky Rubio, Ricky Rubio. <laughs> uh, ben Simmons. Is the best <laughs> <after that. laughs> All right, man. It was good talking to you. I think that's going to do it for this episode, too, guys. One who we will catch you on the flip side. Woo-hoo.